Welcome to the Biz Dad Podcast, where we dive into the melding of fathership and entrepreneurship with your host, the original Biz Dad himself, Adam Labar. Adam is a Christian, a former Air Force officer, a dad to three amazing kids, a coach, a real estate investor, and a business owner. On this podcast, he'll explore the unique journeys of amazing dads who are striving for greatness in both business and family. So whether you're a dad who is an aspiring entrepreneur, a seasoned business owner, or simply a man striving to be a better dad, get ready as the Biz Dad brings you conversations to inspire, challenge, and equip you to be a better dad and entrepreneur. And now, here's Adam. All right, everybody, welcome to the Biz Dad Podcast. Today we have on Tim Vest. He's an entrepreneur, a dad, um, uh, hence, you know, he's on the Biz Dad Podcast, right? An entrepreneur and a dad. Makes perfect sense. Um, but, uh, you know, let's start off just, uh, Tim, you telling us a little bit about yourself, telling everybody uh, who it is that we're talking to today, um, your family, your business or businesses in your case, and then uh, we'll kind of go yeah. from there. Yeah. Hey, Adam, thanks for having me on. Uh, so Tim Vest, uh, got a few different things that I do. Um, I have a company called Harvest Properties Group that I founded a while back. Um, it does, uh, we purchase and operate real estate, uh, mostly, mostly in the multifamily and triple net space. Um, and primarily in the Carolinas since that's where I'm located. Um, so North South Carolina and Georgia is where we mostly do what we do. Um, I'm also a co-founder of Making Moves Real Estate Coaching with my business partner Tim Vitali, um, and uh, we uh, we coach uh, we coach folks on real estate, kind of getting that first big deal across the finish line, if you will. Um, and then uh, one of the other things that I own, uh, so I I have a, a podcast and a small group uh, called Barbaric Yacht that uh, I founded. Um, that's focused on just kind of you know working with folks kind of getting through um uh, through the entrepreneur world and kind of uh, making your own voice known uh, if that makes sense that's awesome yeah. yeah i think that that's one thing that um so like me being private military that's all i did before i like i learned about entrepreneurship much much later like realizing why i was doing what i was doing in the military but i had no idea where to go and like how how do right. i make my voice in this world what do i do like where to like so it's just kind of like groups like what you and i are in go abundance has helped out with that and just kind of talking mm -hmm. to other folks but um i'm definitely gonna have to to uh, check out the podcast and learn some more from me on that one but yeah um so and I'm going to have to ask you about your logo later because I'm going to talk to you about including your kids in business. And it just so happens you did that with this. So I did. I did. Yeah. Um, all right. One other thing that I, I uh, always like to ask is uh, to tell us a little bit about your dad, kind of how you grew up. Um, you know, uh, uh, one of the things that, that I, I, I like to think through is um, we all have kind of a wireframe in our brain uh, that was built over the years of us living and anytime an experience happens we go back to that wireframe and whether that's good or bad you know sometimes we have to adjust it but like where did your wireframe start how did you kind of um start your uh, your fatherhood experience by dealing with your father tell me a little bit about growing up with your dad yeah so uh so my my dad's a, a carolina guy like it, you know our family's been in the carolinas since the early 1800s um my dad grew up on the farm uh, his parents were were rather poor um, sharecroppers. Um, you know, he, he used to drive us around and show us the houses he grew up in, which were really like sheds or small one room barns and stuff like mm -hmm. that. So, you know, <clears throat> as a kid, I can remember kind of driving around the roads in North Carolina and, and having my dad show me these things. And then I started to develop a real understanding of 
the kind of guy it was, right? You know, he went to some small school. I think he was 15th out of 16 kids who graduated. <laughs> um, you know, and he would have told you, hey, without without my mom, he would have never gone off to college. He just didn't have that. That, that wasn't a goal for him, right? Like that wasn't even something he thought was possible, but he was first person in his class, you know, first person in his family go to college. Uh, same thing with my mom. And, you know, my dad was, uh, my dad was an extremely hard worker. Um, you know, for a guy that graduated 15th at a very small high school, he, um, uh, out of 16 kids, you know, he ended up with, uh, oh man, he ended up with like three bachelor degrees, two graduate uh -huh. degrees. He, he, uh, he had a degree from Carson Newman in the seminary. Uh, he was a, he was a Southern Baptist minister for quite some time. Uh, he was involved with the police force. Uh, he was a police officer and then he ended up being a, a teacher, um, wow. you know, for, for most of the time that I spent with him. Uh, he was a teacher, uh, in the vocational programs. You know, I, I don't think a lot of people know that schools used to have high schools mm -hmm. used to have vocational programs where they would teach kids how to be a mechanic, work on washing machines, you know, that kind of stuff. So my dad would help kids find jobs, you know, the kids that probably weren't going off to college, he would kind of educate them on those types of things and then help them, uh, get some sort of vocational track going on. Um, my dad was always really, really strongly uh, involved with the community, uh, always involved with the church. Um, you know, he was he was the kind of guy like that. Uh, he would leave on Saturdays at like 10 a.m. to go check the mail where I check the mail. The post office was two miles from our house. And four hours later, he'd come home, and, you know, and it's because he'd stop at the post office, talk to the guy behind the counter for mm -hmm. an hour and went somewhere else and somebody else talked to him, you know, and he just that's just. That's just the kind of guy it was. Um, so, you know, I grew up, I grew up seeing that. And then the other thing I grew up with is, um, you know, my buddies used to kid me cause we would, uh, they'd ask me about, Hey, did you see Looney Tunes or whatever on Saturday? I'm like, man, I don't watch cartoons on Saturday. My dad gets me out of bed at like 6am and we're in the woods cutting wood and, and splitting mm -hmm. firewood for people and delivering loads of wood. Um, we didn't have, you know, my parents were teachers, so we didn't have much. Um, and that was like one of the ways my dad made money, um, you know, doing wood. We'd go down to the, uh, the beach, the North Carolina beaches in the summer and build decks for people to make extra money. Mm -hmm. Um, we would do kind of like small little side construction jobs around town to make extra money. And, and, you know, it was that kind of stuff that I think, um, kind of started to develop my entrepreneurial side to develop my little side hustle side too, mm -hmm. um, as well. Um, I've always looked for, you know, because of that, I've always been looking for like different ways to like supplement income or like, Hey, I can do this over here and make a couple hundred bucks. Um, but you know, it also taught me, I learned a lot of things too. Growing up, I learned how to cut wood. I learned how to build decks. I learned how to, you know, frame, you know, do framing, do drywall. You know, oddly enough, my dad used to stick me with the drywall work, <laughs> um, you know, we'd, we'd put the drywall up and then we'd mud it and he'd, mm -hmm. he'd say, you know, I'm getting ready to run to the store. Why don't you start sanding? And, <laughs> you know, he'd come back two hours later, I'm covered head to toe and uh -huh. drywall dust. And, and I'm like, I guess I'm done, you know, like, <laughs> that's funny. And, but, uh, you know, so, you know, we used to do that kind of stuff all the time. Um, you know, one of the other things I saw, I was a little young for this, but I do remember it is, you know, again, I mentioned we didn't have a whole lot. We were pretty poor. My dad, my dad wanted, you know, us to have our own home. 
Um, so he bought, he, he bought these books. I still have them in, you know, my other office in my house. It was these construction books and it's like 22 volumes. And he read these books and then built our house from the ground up. Um, it was a, basically a summer project, a little bit longer than one summer, Mm -hmm. but you know, when school got out, he started, we started digging the holes, started digging the the place for the foundation. And then he started laying bricks and we literally the house I grew up in, my dad built. Um, and so that's, that's kind of the guy he was. Um, he and I were really, 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 really close. Um, unfortunately, uh, my senior year of high school, right. About a week before Christmas, my dad passed away. Um, And, you know, that was, you know, if we're talking about, uh, you know, something that kind of shows how close we were, um, you know, it was a, it was a pretty, it was a pretty hard time for me. Um, I went off, I always tell folks, you know, probably one of the biggest mistakes I made was going off to college that first year. Cause man, I was not in the right headspace for that. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so, um, that's kind of the relation, you know, it's kind of speaks a little bit to the relationship I had with my dad. I carry a lot of that forward though. You know, like when I'm doing, when I'm doing real estate stuff, some of the flipping I've done, some of the stuff I've done in my own house, you know, I've done a lot of that stuff because, because I, he taught it to me, right? Like I I learned that from him. Um, and, and, you know, uh, he was, he was one of those guys that, I would kind of say to him, I used to get really frustrated with him. I would be like, man, I need to change the oil in my car. And he'd go, he'd go, well, go change the oil in your car, you know? And, uh, I'd go outside and start and ultimately, you know, I'd run into something I couldn't do. Um, and that's when he would come out and help, but he was mm-hmm. always kind of one of those guys like you go try. And when you run into a roadblock, I'll help you. Right. Yeah. Um, but he always kind of wanted that. He always kind of wanted you to have that I'm going to start, I want you to try to solve the problem. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I'm here to help if you, if you run into something you can't do. So I think it awesome. probably sums it up. <laughs> yeah. That, that's uh that's incredible. So I, I see, uh, sarcastically stating, um, uh, you, you certainly didn't learn hard work ethic from your father, right? Like, <laughs> good, disgraceful. That, that, that is insane. Like, man, that guy. So, so when my brother, my oldest brother went off to college, Um, my dad was, was, he was teaching, you know, seven to three o'clock. He would come home, grab a couple hours of sleep, and then he would head off to the bag plant. And he was a third chef manager at the bag plant near our house. And he would basically work from, uh, you know, like, I think it was like 1030 or 11 to 630 or seven in the morning, then leave straight from there and go teach for the day. Um, and it was, it was all to make money to help my brother get through school. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, um, I, I learned I learned quite a bit about work ethic from him. Yeah, no that's kidding. for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And I mean, I I think that I don't know it. It's one of those that I, I talk to a lot of people, and they're like, "Well, how am I going to get my kid to have this hard work ethic and do all these things?" And um, especially given the environment. So I grew up in a, a rather um, uh, I don't want to say poor, but we certainly did not have money growing up. You know what I mean? Um, and then, so my kids are going to be growing up in a different life, uh, um, you know, than than I grew up in. So like teaching the work ethic stuff. So, I mean, I'm not putting up as much drywall. (laughs) I'm not changing the oil the way I used to. I'm not doing a lot of this stuff. So it's like, boy, those are such good skills for me to learn. And, and, you know, so like, how do I build that into my kid's life? And, um, I don't know. It's a, uh, one of those that's a constant battle in my brain on what, what I do want to include and what I don't want to include in my kid's life and um, yeah, how to you teach know, it. I, I, I hear you, man. Like, and, and it's, and that's always a balance, right? It's, it's mm-hmm. I don't, 
I don't know the right answer to that one because, you know, my daughter's growing up way different than I did. Way different. Um, You know, she doesn't have duct tape. She doesn't have shoes where the soles are duct taped together because Uh you get one pair for the school year, right? And they got to last. So she's she's not dealing with that. Um, But at the same time, I think she has a different appreciation for things than I did. Um, Will she ever know how to hang drywall? No. Uh, yeah. not at all. Uh, she'll never know how to change the oil in her car. I don't know that she needs to, but you know, I, I think I'm trying to, I think I'm trying to teach her some different things, right? Like I'm, Hey, you know, one, one of the things I, I grew up with because this was my parents' path was you go to school, you do well, you go to college, mm-hmm. right? That was, that was the expectation. There was literally no other path. Um, you know, kind of, and, and maybe you can appreciate this a little bit, but, you know, I look back on it and that was the path I chose, you know, even after I was dealing kind of w- with the death of my father, but I look back on it and I'm like, you know what? I could have probably used a couple of years in the military after yeah. that, you know, that I, I needed that. I needed that structure. I probably needed that discipline because I was extremely undisciplined for about two, th- two years after that. Mm-hmm. And in my college performance, those first couple of years showed it. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, and so, you know, I, I say that to say, like, I kind of want my daughter to have a little bit of a different idea of there's no predetermined preset best path. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of want her to have a little bit more of and this is going to sound maybe a little pie in the sky, but I, I want her to have a little bit more of a like, hey, it's OK to follow some dreams. It's OK to to take some time and go figure things out. Um, Just, you know, my my only thing with her is. You just can't be lazy. Yeah. I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you what to do and I'm not going to have a certain expectation of exactly what you need to do, but you got to do something. You can't Mm -hmm. be lazy. Right. That's, that's kind of the guiding principle that I work with her on. Um, and we'll see how that works. Give yeah. give me a call in like 10 years. I'll tell you how she's turning <laughs> out. All right. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember who it was I was talking to, but they told me, um, uh, you'll have to listen to all the podcasts to find out because it's on one of the podcasts. So I don't remember, there you go. but, uh, but he was talking about, um, uh, giving his kids like a, a runway after graduating. Right. So maybe it's, um, you know, one year, two years, I'll support you for these two years to chase those dreams that you want. Maybe you want to go to California and try to be a, an actor. Um, maybe you want to, you know, maybe you do want to go to college. Maybe you don't want to go to college, whatever it is. Like you tell me what it is, let's plan it out and I'll support you for those. But after that, you're on your own. You got to, you yeah. like, these are your years to get your launch plan going and figure out what it is that you want to do and narrow it in. Um, which I thought was a, was a cool idea, especially like, I mean, rather than saving for college and putting it into, you know, one of the college uh, savings plans that I can only use for college, like, why not put it into some other investment that I can use to be able to, to provide for them for that? Because if they don't want to go to college, I don't necessarily want my kids to go to college. If they want to go, then go for it. But if you don't want to yeah. go, then I'm perfectly fine not going, you know? Yeah. And it's interesting you mentioned that because that's actually, that's actually the path my wife and I took is, is at one point we had an opportunity to say, hey, we're going to sit this aside and this will cover college. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we did, we had, we had the, uh, you know, was it, is it going to be in a college plan? And I, and I said to her, I was like, but what if she doesn't like, I want yeah. her to have, I want her to have options. So it's sitting there and it's invested in something. Um, and she knows about it. Right. And, and we've kind of said to her like, Hey, listen, if you go to college and by the way, if you go to college, it's here to pay mm-hmm. for that. If you, if you do go and you do well enough to have it paid for through some other means, it's still here. I consider yeah. it yours. Um, and then too, you know, the same thing that he said, which was, 
Hey, uh, this is, this could be a runway for you right after college. You know, if you want to go do something, if you want to go chase a dream or something like that, then, then it's here. Um, but you, but you're uh, same thing, right? It's like, I, you can't just go float aimlessly in the world. Mm -hmm. Like you've, you've got to have some sort of path, some sort of goal. Right. Um, yeah. You know, with my, my wife and I took that same approach with my daughter with sports. You know, when when I was growing up, it was like you play this sport, you play this sport, you know, fall is football, you know, mm -hmm. basketball or wrestling. And then you you play baseball. Right. And we always kind of told my daughter, we were like, listen, I don't care what back to the same thing. I don't care what you do. I'm not going to tell you what you got to do, but you got to do something. I'm mm -hmm. not going to tell you, you got to play soccer. I'm not going to tell you, you got to play this sport or that sport or get involved at these clubs at school. You just got to do something. Um, and so far she's done a pretty good job with that. Nice. Um, go, entering it into a little bit of a transition period right now. So I'm curious what she's going to do. Uh, she's, uh, she's been a pretty competitive, uh, headstrong soccer player for quite some mm -hmm. time now plays on a really good team. Um, but, uh, she's, she's decided that next year she's, she's not going to play anymore. Uh, so I'm kind of waiting to see, Hey, what's, what's replacing it. You know, yeah. what are you going to do instead? Uh, so yeah. uh, again, check in with me a little bit later. I'll let you know how this is going. <laughs> it's all an experiment. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's kind of just being a parent. That's kind of what it all is, right? We take what, yeah. what we've learned. That's why, you know, that's even why I started this podcast. So I can steal everybody else's experience, <laughs> experience in their experiment and go, okay, let me, let me try a little flavor of that in this experiment. Let me see what this, you know, my hypothesis is and then test the hypothesis and see if it worked yeah. out well with the kids. So, it's, uh, it's funny you say that. I got a buddy. I got a buddy who uh, he and his wife are pregnant right now with their first one uh, due later this year. And he, when he told me, he was like, "Man, what what advice do you got for me?" And I'm like, I was like, "If you don't feel ready, you're probably right there with 99 percent of us." And I just told I just told him I was like, "Just be ready to adjust." <laughs> That's all nice. I could tell yeah. you, man. Basically, and I'd say you could also share this podcast with him so that he can listen to this podcast. And there, you <laughs> there, there you go. There you go. I remember that. Yep, got to drop, got to drop it as much as I can, right? Um, yeah. But uh, all right. So, how did how did you? What did you go to college for? And why did you choose <laughs> that? Right? Because like you're you're looking at what your dad did, which is a bunch, right? And he has three different degrees. And, um, you know, we didn't even talk about your mom, what she got her degree in and all that, but like, what did you choose and why did you go that route? Yeah. So real quick, I'll answer that question. So my mom is a extreme overachiever, just like my wife, by the way. Um, my mom, uh, did not, she graduated high school two years early. Mm -hmm. She wasn't 15th out of 16th. She was number one, Graduated high school at 16 years old. Very, very smart. Wow. Uh, she went off to college, ended up, I don't even know how many bachelor's degrees, a couple of master's degrees, and her doctorate. Um, so highly educated woman. Uh, very, very, um, very strong woman. Um, but uh, I, myself, I went to college. I started out uh, with mechanical engineering as a dream. Um, that came to a crashing end uh, about three semesters in. After a long night in a computer lab, and I looked and said, man, I do not want to sit in a computer for, in front of a computer for the rest of my life. Um, <clears throat> so I transferred into textiles. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, I, so I went to NC State, uh, mm -hmm. number one textile school in the world. Um, North Carolina has or used to have a very, very strong textile, textile manufacturing community. I thought I wanted to be in textiles. Um, 
you know, long story short, graduated with a degree in that and ended up going to consulting uh, and sitting in front of a computer for most of my life. <laughs> so, <laughs> as you're sitting here in front of a computer again, you happen yeah. with me. So, yeah. Um, so when it comes to uh, you, you've already said that, like with your with your daughter, you want to kind of let let her kind of figure out what path she wants to go down, right? And um, it doesn't sound like you went down. Uh, the same type of path that either of your parents did. So like, how are you, how are you ingraining that into your daughter? Like what, what kind of conversations do you have to kind of discuss what that path is going to look like? Or, you know, what, what does that turn out? Yes. So, so, you know, like with my daughter, I think the expectation, I think she has the expectation that she's going to go to college. Um, Mm -hmm. I think she, I think she wants to, I think she wants to have that experience, which, which I'm, I'm a big fan of, like, I'm, I'm not one of those guys. that's like, you have to go or you, or don't go, it's useless or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think, I think, I think there's certain things that you experience in college that are, that go beyond just learning and the degrees and things like that. I, I think being there and being part of that community is huge. And there's something to be said for that. Um, that being said, the conversations my daughter and I have are, Hey, this, this is a path, you know, regardless of if you go down this path or not, we fully expect you to be, you know, top around the top of your class in high school. I expect a certain level of performance in high school. Um, and you know, if my mom watches this mom, I'm sorry to say this, but you know, my mom, my mom drove for A's, right? She's like, you make A's. Mm -hmm. And quite frankly, I was a little bit of like, I, you know, if I, if I can do no studying and make a B, um, that's what I'm doing. And she, she did not understand that because my mom never made a B in her life. (laughs) Literally she didn't. And, and my wife doesn't get it. She never made a B either. And, you know, kind of the conversation I have with my daughter is like, I expect you to have this level of performance with one exception. If I see you working your tail off and you, I, you know, and you, you land here instead of here. Okay. You know, like, I just got to see that you legitimately gave it a shot and that you Mm -hmm. tried, right? Like, okay, great. You know what? Maybe math's not your thing. And, you know, you studied your tail off and you ended up with a B or even a C, whatever. Okay. You tried, right? So that's kind of maybe something a little bit different that I do with her than my parents did with me. Um, Because, man, if I came home with a B, it was a conversation, you know? and so that's, that's something a little bit different. we also have a little bit of a different conversation of, I would like you to go to school. If that's not what your dream is, we can certainly have that conversation. I don't mm-hmm. expect it. Um, so I, that's probably somewhere where we, where I'm a little bit different than my parents were with me. Yeah. I like the, the concept of, uh, I expect A's, but I actually expect hard work more than I expect the A is what that kind of sounds like. And that's yeah, similar to what I tell my son. Like, I don't, <clears throat> I want you to get good grades really do but if you're working your butt off and like you said you just i i care more about the effort you put in right because there was one test this i mean my son just finished third grade so he's um uh, my oldest he just finished third grade and i was going into fourth but um there was one test he did not study for at all and it was very obvious like um i got a call from his teacher was like i know you guys just like we we were out for something i think it was it was the birth of our daughter or something like he was out of school for a couple days then came back in um to a test uh, that he should have already known all the answers to. Um, but, but then he, he sits down and was like, uh, he got like a terrible grade on it. Um, and he was, he was tore up about it. And it was like 
30 percent of his grade for that quarter for that subject and mm-hmm. i was like this you can't get a bad grade like that like that that's going to kill your your overall grade but his teacher was like i should have asked you first like which i don't think she should have i mean it's just it's on it's on me and him to make sure that he's prepared right but uh we came home and i said this is because you didn't try let's try and then we studied we, we, it was literally the next day he went in and got 100 on the test because he tried that night he studied did this i was like see this is why i expect you to try certain <laughs> like you're showing yeah. me already in third grade that if if you try you're going to do great if you don't try meh, you see what happens so right. Uh, right and that's what i care more about is is working your butt off and making sure that you're trying so yeah i appreciate I, I, that yeah so trying and then for me trying and then ownership yeah you know owning it um yep. You know, I, I've, I've had multiple conversations with her, man, where she's, you know, she, she didn't make a good grade and she's like, you know, the teacher didn't teach me this or mm. blah, 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 or something. And I'm like, Hey, Hey, listen, own it. Like you should have, you were not as prepared as you should have been. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and you need to own that. Um, you know, that, and, and we, we have that, she's a, you know, I mentioned she's in soccer and stuff. And yeah, I think, I think probably one of the, the, one of the times I've kind of lost my cool with her was we got in a car. Her team does not lose often, mm-hmm. but they lost. And she got in the car talking about a play that the goalie missed. You know, that she was like, she, you know, the goalie should have blah, 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 done this, done this. And I'm like, I think there's 10 players that that mm-hmm. kid got through before they got to the goalie. You being one of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, that goalie's your teammate. Everybody on this team needs to own that. Um, cause man, I played sports and, and one of the things I could not stand and my dad wouldn't deal with it either was like, first of all, I couldn't stand you not trying hard and I could not mm-hmm. stand, uh, when people weren't good teammates, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, you know, that was, that was, that's probably one of the biggest things with me with her is, is like own it, right. Mm-hmm. Try hard and then own it. Um, so that's one thing I, I struggled with when I was doing sports was the the trying hard thing. There was a lot of mm-hmm. fear built up in my head about, well, it's better that I don't try hard so that I can blame it on the fact that I'm not trying hard <laughs> than it was to try hard and still suck, you know? So, uh, and, and I don't know how to, you know, it, cause there's still, you know, going back to that, the thing I mentioned at the beginning of that wireframe, there's still once in a while, I'll do that to myself now. It's like, well, I mean, if I just, if I just halfway do it, then I can at least say, yeah, I wasn't dedicating time to it. Um, so that's why it didn't succeed or that's why this didn't happen. But, you know, well, then why the heck do it at all? Right. I mean, and, and that's a, I don't know how that's going to play out with my kids. I don't know. Um, because I'm thinking about it just now. I don't really know what that for now. Like what I'm trying to do is just make sure again, that my kids are working their butts off if they're trying on something. I mean, especially the eight year old. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, um, he's at a level right now because we got an eight year old and four year old at the time of this recording. So it's like a, the four year old is still kind of just learning how to be a four year old. The eight year old is kind of a little bit more on the track on things. But, um, I really wish that I tried harder when I was a kid on various things. I did the same thing in school. I, if I could pass and not do anything, then that's what I was going to do. Um, yeah. But I wasn't like that in the beginning, like seventh, eighth grade. I was like seventh, eighth, and ninth grade. Ninth grade is when I kind of started getting a social life. And that's when it all just kind of, I was yeah. like, oh, well, this is so much more fun than studying or working hard at school. And, you know, so I don't know how I'm going to get to that when my, when a kiddo gets down that route. But yeah. yeah. But, but, you know, man, that, that's, I think that's part of being, part of being a kid, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, so, so as much effort as I would give sports. And then, like, I never thought twice about going and working a 15 hour day with my dad. 
you know, hammer and nails or, or something yeah. like that. But yeah, I mean, I, the school, school was not something that like, I interested me. Like I, I yeah. never, like I was good at it without trying too hard, but I never, I never kind of wanted to do what they wanted me to do. Right. Mm-hmm. Like today, even today, like I'll pick up, I'll pick up and read books, but I want to read what I want to read. If I'm, if you give it to me and say, you have to read this, I'm probably going to struggle with that. Um, but man, I'll, I'll read all day long stuff that makes, that's interesting to me. Yeah. And, and I, even back in school, I would too. Um, you know, I, 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 you give me all quiet on the Western front. I'd read that thing left inside and out. Right. But you give me great expectations. I'm like, come on. Like, really? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I you know. recently just started to think of that way with my son because I had a couple books that I bought for him and tried to say, hey, we'll read these, you know? And I was like, well, why the heck are you doing? Like, what books does he want to read? You know, like right. you're turning this into <laughs> school at home. And, um, you know, and we, we've got, you know, he gets these uh, little engineering things that come in the mail every month that he gets to put together. But yeah. I've got them on top of the fridge. And I said, well, you have to read 50 pages to earn that, to be able to go and build this this fun science thing. Right. Um, so then he'll knock out 50 pages and then go and grab it. But it's so much easier when it's a book that he actually likes where he'll sit down and smoke through it. But I started with like, Hey, you got to read 50 pages of this book. Um, and, uh, that wasn't as that. Let's just say I had multiple of them sitting on top of the fridge that he <laughs> he would not read for like a month. He's like, I'm not reading that book. Like it doesn't interest me, but it's, now, you know, he's reading a book that he wants to read. So it makes it a little easier. So it's funny. It's funny how that works, man. My mom used to, during the summer, my mom used to pay me if I read books, like mm-hmm. she's like, Hey, if you read this book, it's like a dollar or something like that. But I, I would literally, I would literally look at it and go, Hey dad, what can we go do? Like, can we, <laughs> again, I'd rather go sweat in the woods, cutting wood yeah. and stacking wood in the truck. than like, you know, he'll pay me five bucks to go do that for a day. My mom would pay me a dollar to read a book. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'd rather go do that. You know, I remember cutting firewood up in New York, semi off stuff, but, but <laughs> like I, I did that with my dad all the time in, in upstate New York when, you know, the same thing, he'd have some, some side jobs going on and up there it was for, you know, everybody in the winter throwing it in their wood yeah. stove, you know, and <laughs> getting all ready. So we'd be out there in the snowing and blowing and cutting trees down and I'd be out there timber because you know, I'm yeah. a kid and I have a blast just cutting things down, not getting a paid a dime for it. I just thought it was a lot of fun because I love being outside yeah. and, you know, as much as I could get time with my dad, which wasn't as often. So um yeah those are fun fun times and i like we've i mean i brought the kids out to like cut down the christmas tree and stuff is about the most that they've ever experienced in that type of a situation so. does the uh does the national lampoon's christmas vacation scene when they're like off doing that does that bring back memories for you yes yeah yes same here. it certainly same does yeah very much so <laughs> i love that now, that's one of my favorites so when i was deployed to iraq um my sister had actually mailed me that that movie along with a, with a care package like that <laughs> like this whole thing of uh, uh gatorade powder that okay it nothing got there until like January or you know early February, so it was it it never made it for Christmas. But the Gatorade powder busted open, so I had Gatorade everywhere inside of this package. And then there was this movie. So then it, I I watched that movie every year for Christmas. Um, but that year I just happened to watch it in in like January or February because I didn't get it in time for Christmas. But uh, yeah, that's a that's a mandatory, and it brings back a lot of memories rather often. Oh, so. Man. Man, I, I tell my daughter all the time, I'm like, man, this brings back memories like every Christmas. Because, again, we, we weren't going to a lot to buy a tree. We didn't have yeah. that money. So we, we would go out to the old family farm and 
start traipsing through the woods, man. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter if it was hot, cold, whatever. Start traipsing through the woods looking for a tree. And we had some of the worst Christmas trees. I, mean, <laughs> I remember a couple. I'm like, Dad, I don't even think that's legitimately a Christmas tree. Like, <laughs> But it's a fir. Just, it's all that matters. It's a, and it's down a fir here, tree. it's a pine. A pine of some yeah. sort, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. funny. But, um, so, I don't know how we got on, on Christmas, but... Um, yeah, I don't know either. Eh, whatever. That's all right. Uh, so... Uh, sports wise, do you, uh, uh, soccer right now, if, what would you like to see her do? And what do you think she's going to do next? Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, I will tell you, I'm, I'm kind of going through this mode where I'm, I'm still holding out hope, right? I'm holding out hope because, because she's actually a pretty darn good little soccer player. She, she, you know, she's 15 and she is starting, she's starting to get, uh, like colleges inviting her to their camps and stuff. Um, but she's just, she's just kind of done with it. She, she loves, she loves it. Like she will sit down with me and watch a soccer game, which by the way, like I didn't, there was no soccer around when I was growing up. So Mm -hmm. until she started playing, I had zero interest in watching soccer. Um, it just looked like a bunch of guys kicking a ball around the field (laughs) for the longest time. Um, now I have an appreciation for it because I've watched her play. I understand how there's strategy behind Uh this. I get it. Okay. Um, but, uh, you know, as far as like what's next or what I want her to do, I, I really don't know. Um, I, you know, there's, there's a part of me that would love to see her pick up an instrument. Um, you know, I've even, I've even told her, I'm like, Hey, I tell you what, if, if you go, cause, cause you not doing soccer actually impacts me because left to my own devices, I'll sit in this office and work 18 mm-hmm. hours a day. I was like, so at least right now there's this aspect of, I have to stop to get you to soccer practice. Right. And I'm like, if that goes away, I need something else. So I actually told her, I was like, go, f-. she had mentioned piano at one point. And I was like, tell you what, go find us piano lessons. I'll actually take them with you. Um, and I think, I think she backed off that a little bit. I don't know if that's cause I offered to take them with her. Um, <laughs> so I don't but, want to uh, be there. I'm, I'm trying to do soccer to get yeah. away. Like, um. Yeah. 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 That's possible. <laughs> So I, you know, me personally, I want to see her get involved with some clubs at school. Um, I would like to see her kind of, she's, she's really artistic. I'd really like to see her kind of chase that a little bit. She, she seems to have a real passion for it and she's, she's good at it. Um, so I'd like to see her maybe do something with that, but again, I'm just kind of, I'm going to leave it up to her to see what she does. Um, now, obviously, like we talked about before, nothing is not an acceptable answer. Mm-hmm. Um, so if she, if I find her not doing something, then um, I'll start to choose things for her. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So. Yeah. And it'll probably be something with you. You'll be stuck doing piano with me as well. Yeah. She's going to, she's going to learn to go cut wood in the woods. There you go. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe we'll, maybe we'll change oil on the Bronco. I don't know. Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. What kind of Bronco do you have? Like oh, newer, I got older. One new, yeah, I got one of the newer ones. I hey, it's like I it's like I told the guy who gave me some. He gave me a little bit of a hard time. He's like, you should have bought an older one. I was like, I can't afford an older one. Yeah, um, no joke. Yeah, those things are hundred plus grand. Yeah, the um, way that they've re- like, there's there's one guy and go on and some oh, failing to remember his name right now, but he he owns a business that they rebuild all of those and restructure them and do all sorts of stuff. And it's like, yeah. you can get some really pricey ones. It's nuts. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, nuts. Have you seen the, have you seen the ones and maybe he does this? Um, they, they literally will buy a donor vehicle, like an Explorer, mm-hmm. rip the, rip the body off of it, use the engine and all that. And basically drop the Bronco body on it. Oh, um, I've not seen one of those now. Yeah. And, hmm. um, 
I if I if I had my way, it'd be like a '74 Bronco, yeah, uh, completely restored. But I don't. I'm not in a position yet for that. Yeah, right now so. that seems to be the thing that that folks around this age are are wanting to buy those uh, those older Broncos. Hope makes the price go kind of nuts, you know. But yeah. eh. um, I had a uh, an MG as my first car, a 1979 okay. MG, and I had thought about dropping like a. Uh, uh, like one of the Mustang 5.0 engines in it, and uh, which would <laughs> totally be a, a a horribly great idea. Like, <laughs> but uh, I didn't have it long enough to. Sadly, I didn't have it long enough. I, and now at this point, I'm I'm still looking. I, once in a while, I'll get on and see if I can find one that's in decent shape that I can buy locally. You know, just because it's I loved that car. It was so much fun. But it's only a little two seater, four speed. There's not much you can do with it. So yeah. uh, as far as family stuff goes, but uh, it was just a fun little car. Yeah. Hey, so I got a I got a college uh, an old high school buddy um, that restores cars, <clears throat> um, and he he sent me a picture one day. He's like, "Does this look familiar?" And I'm like, "It's a really cool Nova. It looks awesome." He goes, and we had a, a mutual friend. He was like, "It was Dave's old Nova." It, so that was a car that this guy drove when we were in high school, mm-hmm. and he still had it. And my buddy Jim got it from him and completely restored it. It's amazing little car. Nice. Um, yeah. yeah, I love. I love restored older vehicles. Like my dad so, had uh, a an old Camaro when I was in high school. Um, and, uh, you know, I tell people, you know, if people ask me why it is I like to drive so fast. And I said, well, it's because I drove my dad's Camaro with him all the time. And I thought <laughs> there's not very many times we got in the car where we didn't go over 100 miles an hour. You know, like it was just like a, yeah, it was fun. It was like, that was finally a, a father son type of thing when, when uh, we were a little bit more stable. Um, but, uh, uh, so I wanted it all badly. Like I, when I joined the military, like shortly before I joined the military, he got rid of it. And I was like, come on, like, I really want yeah. like, it needed to be rebuilt, needed to do all this stuff. But you know, I was, I was in those classes you mentioned earlier where I was in the, the automotive classes. We were learning how to do all this rebuilding stuff. We were like, I mean, putting Bondo on cars and doing all this, like learning how to be you know, put engines in and doing using the cherry pickers. And, um, and I was like, boy, I'd love to do this. This would be a great time. But uh, but yeah, he he had apparently had one of his coworkers uh, gave it their uh, their son a Corvette, and um, the kid wrapped it around a tree and died. So that he was like, mm. like that happened shortly before I was asking like for this car, and he was like, nope, nope, not gonna happen. And then he just sold it. He just got rid of it. I was yeah. like, like, and I didn't know that you know his his buddy had lost a child to a fast car but i was like man i really wanted it and then i got an mg like the opposite of a a fast sports car you you and i you and i have a a similar similar story i uh we had a 68 camaro Mm. um Mm. and and my my middle brother had driven it but i mean this thing was trashed out i mean like you could literally start it with a butter knife Mm -hmm. um you know and you could see the road through part of the floorboard that kind of stuff but, uh, and you know, I, you brought back a memory when you talk about the cherry picker, cause my dad rigged a cherry picker. He took an old winch, went over a big old limb, yeah. you know, picked up the new engine, th- dropped it in, you know, drove, basically pushed the car up under it so he could drop the engine in that kind of thing. And, uh, right, right about, it was, I was only a couple of months away from being 16 and, and my dad got rid of the Camaro mm. and went to a police auction and got me the worst. 81 Monte Carlo you've ever seen for like 300 bucks at a police auction, right? Re, you know, repossessed vehicle from a drug dealer or something. I don't know. And, uh, and I'm literally like, dad, what? He's like, well, I didn't think you wanted that Camaro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, are you kidding? I would have loved to have that Camaro. 
I don't, I don't care that you had to like push it to start it, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I put the work into it. That doesn't, you know, oh, yeah. and, and I mean, especially I was getting ready to, to join the military and I would have, uh, I was an aircraft mechanic at the beginning of my, my career. I was like, like my time off, I'm already twisting wrenches. I'll twist wrenches on this. That would be yeah. lovely, you know? Yeah. Um, but you know, it is what it is. What are you going to do? Yep. Um, so, uh, you said that you, uh, had a job, um, getting, getting back to that a little bit, sitting in front of a computer beforehand after your textiles degree. So how did you go from doing that to running businesses that you're doing now? Uh, like what, what happened in the middle there? Yeah. So I've always had a little bit of a knack for just kind of picking things up. Um, I wonder where you got that from. (laughs) Yeah. For, (laughs) for instance, uh, uh, the way I got in sitting in front of a computer is my first job out of out of college was uh running third shift uh plant manager at a textile factory in very small elkin north carolina um if you don't know where that is most people don't don't worry um but anyway so uh while while i was there 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 was a piece of software called jd edwards it's an enterprise resource planning erp software that basically runs the entire manufacturing facility right and that person who ran it just took another job consulting with another company and they walked in one day, they were like, they literally were like, does anybody here understand computers? I'm like, I've done quite a bit with it. So they, they handed me the manuals to the system and said, go home, read it. We need you to figure out how to run this ERP (laughs) software. So I literally took the manuals home on a weekend, came back Monday and I was their ERP expert for the manufacturing (laughs) facility. Um, and then, uh, shortly after that, the person who had been there doing it said, Oh, you know, the system now IBM's hiring. They want people to travel around the country, installing that software in manufacturing facilities. And it paid like over two times more than what I was making. Nice. Um, so at 26 years old, I was like, that sounds cool. Um, yeah, so I did that. Uh, that got me into, uh, that got me into the technology world, doing a lot of consulting, and then um, somewhere along the way, I ended up working for a financial institution in the Charlotte area, in their IT area. And I ran into this guy who owned uh, properties in Canada and uh, the Atlanta area. And he and I started talking. And I'd always had this real estate idea in my head because mm-hmm. um, when I was, I worked my way through college. And when I was uh, working at the law firm, uh, one of the senior partners, Howard Twiggs, when they were throwing me a little graduation party, he looks at me, pulls me aside and he goes, if I give you one piece of advice, start buying as much real estate as you can now. And, you know, being the smart aleck I was, I knew more than this guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, okay, whatever, Howard. Um, so anyway, uh, that was still in my head when I ran into this guy at this job I was at. And he, I was like, oh, well, tell me more about this. And so um, he started talking to me about it. I was like, that sounds cool. I think I want to buy some land. Um, so I started buying land and flipping it, um, and, uh, did that for a couple of years. And, uh, until we ran into this little thing called 2008 and nine, mm-hmm. um, when the real estate market crashed and burned massively here in the United States, all over the world, really. Um, and, uh, but that, that kind of put that bug in, in me, you know, I saw what real estate could do. Um, and then two, I've never been comfortable working for a big corporation. You know, I always did it because, you know, there was this idea of, you know, like our parents, you know, I'm I'm not sure exactly, you know, when your parents were born, but our parents kind of came up through that. Like you graduate, 
mm-hmm. go work for some company, you work for them forever. Right. Yeah. And, and that's kind of what they instilled in me a little bit. And so I went through that and was like, Hey, I'm going to do this, get the steady paycheck and I'll run some stuff on the side. Um, but I'd always had this entrepreneurial bug in me, both me, uh, me and both my brothers uh, have the, have that, you know, my, my middle brother went off and started his own business and was wildly successful with it, worked his tail off. Um, but I've always had that bug. Um, you know, I've, I've, I can't tell you how miserable I used to feel driving to work at eight o'clock in the morning. Like, man, I'm getting ready to go sit in my cube, do Mm -hmm. my thing. You know, the paycheck's really nice, you know, very strong six figures, that kind of thing. But man, I hated it. I literally, literally hated it. Um, and I just, I just never got comfortable with it. So that's, you know, these little side gigs I had going on more and more, I was just kind of like, how do I make this like real? Right. Yeah. How, how do I go from side gig to business? Like, I want to make this a business. I want to make this what I do. Um, and then, you know, as you're doing that, I think, I don't know about you, but I, I, I started to see it's really not that hard. And, and sorry to say this to anybody who doesn't feel this way, but it's really not that hard to make money, right? Like, I'm like, there are a million different ways to make money, especially if you're willing to put in the work, mm-hmm. you know? And, and as we talked about before, I've never had a problem putting in the work, um, you know? So I, I just had to figure out where to put it in. Um, and as I, as I started to kind of go down that path, um, I really got more and more miserable with the corporate world, started to see more and more success with my side gigs. So somewhere around 2016, I just kind of said, all right, I'm, I'm going to put a real roadmap together on how to get to a point where I can exit my W2 job. Um, and that's, that's kind of where we ended up. Okay. So, uh, it sounds like your daughter Peyton was born, what, 2008, 2009, 2008, yep. 2008, right? So, uh, that's right around the time you started looking at real estate and then she's, you know, eight years old by the time that you decide that that's what you want to do. Was that, was that helpful in part of your decision-making? Like when you, when you became a father, like how did that kind of go into your calculus? Yeah, a little bit. Um, you know, there was definitely this idea of like, I wanted, I wanted to build something to either leave to her or, or build some sort of legacy to show her. Um, you know, I, th- I always kind of feel like my mom and dad's legacy to me has been how to work hard, right? Like how to work hard, how to go after something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think, you know, what I want to kind of show her is that you can make your own way, right? Like y- you don't have to go work for somebody else, right? Like if you got it and you want to do it and that's your dream, go, go chase it. Um, and don't let somebody tell you that you can't. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, that, so that was definitely, that was, she was definitely a driving force behind that. And then two, the other piece of it was I was, I mean, when I say I was miserable, I was miserable. Um, and you know, my wife, God bless her, kind of pulled me aside and was like, you just got to go. She's like, you're, you're no good for me. You're no good for her. You go Mm -hmm. do what you got to do. Right. And, um, so that, that was kind of a driving force as well. Nice. I mean, I think that's a, uh, first a good on your wife for, you know, yeah. Saying it and calling you out and you know, like being supportive in that way. It's like, I would imagine it's, it's a much more difficult thing when, when your wife's not as supportive, but like, I know that it sucks for you right now, but we still need this or we still need that. And it's just, uh, um, having those conversations and knowing you have a supportive wife is I would imagine, a 
well, I, I know because my wife's extremely supportive too. Like, it, like I left the military after a long time. I've been in the military without a retirement. So, and my wife was like, "All right, let's do it," because she knew that I was in that same boat. I was extremely yeah, miserable. Yeah, I, I, man, I, I I can't imagine not having that. Yeah, like, I, I I'm extremely fortunate. It sounds like you are too. Yeah, um, my mom was that way with my dad. Like they they just they just had that relationship. It was like, okay, let's do it, right? You know. Mm-hmm. Um, wait a minute, we're going to pick up the, we're, we're quitting our really nice jobs in Texas and we're going to quit and move to North Carolina with no plan. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we're doing. Right. Yep, they, that's that's the what they did. And my wife, my wife's that way too. Right. I mean, she just kind of looks at me and she's like, I trust you, you know, I trust you. Go do nice. it. And I mean, you know, and, and, and we do it, we do that for each other. You know, she, she walked in, <laughs> uh, she wouldn't mind me saying this. I, I, I remember one day I'm sitting in my office working. And I hear her car because she works. She's, she's very successful in the corporate world. Uh, she works. And, and I hear the car pull in the garage, but she doesn't come in the house. And I'm like, what is she doing out there? So I walk out there. She's literally sitting in the car bawling. She is so sick of her job. She's mm-hmm. had so it's so stressful. And, you know, I mean, she had already kind of said that to me in 2008. I think this was like 2016, 2017 when she was like that. And she walks in the house and she's like, I can't, I can't do this job anymore. And I just looked at her. I was like, all right, cool. Don't do it anymore. Yeah. You know? Like do yeah. something else. Um, you know, and, and like everything else, like my parents, you know, it's like, you're not going to, you're not going to quit and then just sit around the house, but mm-hmm. get a plan together and let's get the heck out of that thing. Right. Yeah. Um, and you know, that's how we've been with each other. So it's, it's, I, man, people who don't have that, I feel really, really bad. Yeah. Um, cause, cause I've had buddies who are like, man, my, I don't, I hate my job, but my wife tells me I can't quit. And I'm yeah. like, that sucks <laughs> to me. Oftentimes I, I feel like that's a, that's a sign of a lot more other things going on. Like, I mean, there's probably been some lack of communication in various other parts of their life and they're not as open with each other as maybe they should be. And this is also a very generalization, but, sure. um, you know, it, it's, I think that they, the healthiness of the marriage creates healthiness in the kids, creates healthiness in the communication, create like, I mean, they, to me, it all starts at the, the husband and wife, if they're, you know, yeah. if they've got a healthy relationship, being able to do all these things and like the support that they give each other, like makes a massive difference. Um, uh, but there's also a lot of fear-based stuff in there too, right? Like they, they could have a really healthy marriage and healthy stuff, but um, you know, if they're if they're full of fear on, you know, well, you can't quit because we're like, what's going to happen to this or what's going to happen to that, and it's all fear. Like it may have no, no effect on the. It might not be the marriage health, but more just the uh, mental health of each other as well. You know. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. It's a, it's definitely there for sure. Um, you know, I I, you know, I I like to think that. I got a decently level head on my shoulders. And a lot of that came from basically seeing being in a very stable family. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my parents, my parents were high school sweethearts and, you know, to the day my dad died, you know, they were nothing but devoted to each other. So, um, you know, that definitely growing up around that, that made a huge difference. Um, and, you know, I, I think my brothers would tell you the same thing. I think it also kind of set an example of what we looked for, you know, mm-hmm. um, I think it absolutely set an example of what we look for in our own, in our own marriages, our own relationships. Um, yeah, for sure. And I think that, I mean, that's a, at least you had that as a good thing, as opposed to having to try to find something that you wanted to, you know, cause you're either running towards something or running away from something. You had something to run towards yeah. and you saw what it was. So that's good. That's, that's real healthy. Yeah. Um, 
So going back over to the business side of the house, I think I read in your bio, you didn't mention it out here, but you have like a, uh, have invested in a thousand doors or so more than that. Uh, is that right? Did I remember yep. that correctly? Um, uh, I got a couple of things under contract right now. And when I close on those, it'll put me right around 1100. So yeah, okay. I'm right at a thousand right now. Awesome. Yeah. That's phenomenal. And, uh, are those majority syndications or, uh, joint ventures. How do you guys, how do you have that kind of split up? Majority of syndications, um, a couple of joint ventures thrown in there. Um, and as, as we're scaling, we're starting to do less syndication, more joint venture, mm-hmm. right? Um, which I think is a pretty typical path. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for, for now, it's a lot of syndications. Yeah. I, uh, I mentioned to a few people like the, the syndication front. Like, I mean, I've sold properties that were syndications just because they were good for the investors, but I wanted to keep them, you know, but it's like, well, I've got to take care of the investors. That's my job. So let me make sure that I do that. And then after you sell it, you're like, man, it breaks my heart. Like, (laughs) just didn't want to get rid of some properties, you know? It's, it's funny you say that, like, before you and I, I I had a call before you and I, uh, did this and, uh, we, that was a conversation. I got some, one of the properties I mentioned that we have in a contract, uh, one of the guys who was like, well, how do you want to run this? I was like, if I have my way, I want to run it as a JV. And Mm -hmm. he's like, why? And I'm like, because I want to keep this one. Yeah. Like this sits in, this sits in a really, really rapidly gentrifying area of Charlotte and I want to keep it. Um, and so I was like, if I have my way, if I can structure it right, we'll JV this. Nice. Um, yeah, because yeah. I'm with you. I've I've sold some. I'm literally selling one right now. That if it wasn't a syndication, I'd keep it. Yeah. Um. But I, you know, I need to. I need to be able to give that investor money back. Yeah. Yeah, and it, yeah. it's. Uh, <clears throat> I'm glad I've done syndications, and I'm glad I've done joint ventures. It makes me. I mean, I, I would rather do like a. I'd rather you and I get together and buy a ten unit than buy a hundred unit that's a syndication at this point, just because it's like. I'd, I'd much rather have the control, have the long-term uh, view on it, to sell it when I want to sell it, you know, refinance it when I want to refinance it, and not ever send another investor email again, you know. <laughs> uh, but uh, but at the same point, you know, if if I do syndications, and as long as uh, to me, it's one of those communication things, right, with the with the investors, like, okay, well, you better know that, like, and I've told this to multiple GoBundance guys. I'm like, if I ever do syndication, it's probably going to be with a bunch of GoBundance guys that understand real estate because I'm never sending. Like, if you want the the PNL, I'll send it to you, but I'm not sending you investor emails. We're going to hold on to this thing for as long as humanly possible. Like, it's a syndication because I'm the one managing it. But dagnabbit, we're not doing a you know five year turn on this thing, a three year turn on this thing. We're going right. to hold on to these. Um, yeah. yeah, but that's I, I, I enjoy the freedom of a JV and uh, knowing that I get to make well, all the decisions. Me and my well, partner. And you know, I. Yeah, yeah, I I agree, and you know, I think part of not not to get too far off topic here, but I you know, I think part of what people have missed on, especially in the last six seven years, you know, when I first started doing like real estate in two thousand six, I mean, there was some flipping to it, but mm-hmm. for the most part, real estate back you know then was long term. Right? Yeah, everything real estate was long term, and and truly, if you look at like the ultra high net worth people in this country, they don't sell real estate; mm-hmm. they buy it and they sit on it. They just buy it to keep it. And they, passes for generations. Right. Yeah. And you know, that's, that's one of the things that I talked to some guys about. I was like, man, over these last five or six years, everybody got so into this appreciation. Let me grab my equity appreciation. Let me grab my equity that it's almost like people forgot that traditionally real estate is something you buy and yeah. just hold. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, you know, I, I was in an event a couple weeks back and one of the guys that was there was literally telling people, he's like, there's multiple ways to tap the equity without selling the real estate. For sure. You know, he, and he's a, he's big on the whole burst strategy in multifamily and single family. And he's like, man, if I can tap the equity and go buy another one and never 
dispose mm-hmm. of the real estate. He's like, that's the way I'm going after it. Yeah. Um, so and that's the way the generational I'm, wealth is going to be built too. Cause you're going to keep holding exactly, on to that. Yeah. That's exactly what he said. He yeah. was like, that's how you build generational wealth. And yeah. I'm like, there's something to be said for that. Yeah. Don't build the wealth by selling it to build the wealth by keeping it, you know? So yeah. I want to yeah. keep it, which is funny because I've sold almost everything because it was a, it was a great time <laughs> to sell and B, you know, when I was doing a majority syndications, it was a great time to sell. So it was time to sell. And that's yeah. like, now I'm over here fiending and itching and like, I need something. So it's, a, <laughs> it's rough. You, you get, you got, you got that deal, that deal need, right? Like yes, you got to do a and, deal. But God forbid uh, there aren't any daggum deals out there right now. Well, I mean, there are, don't get me wrong. There's always deals. It's just a matter of um, what are you doing to go find them? You know, and I'm, I'm struggling right. right now with everything else I've got going on to go and actually find the deals. So, yeah. Um, but so good on you for actually having a deal that you're closing. Our two deals are closing on right now. So that's a plus. Thanks. Um, so uh, do you include, I know that, so I'm going to start with the one that I know you include your daughter in on because she drew the the logo for it, right? The, the uh, barbaric, yup. Um, uh, uh, yeah, go ahead and switch it over. There it is. Yes. <laughs> uh, so uh, for those of you who are just listening, you should be on the YouTube one as well. You can see the video and see the, the logo that his daughter drew. But um, uh, so besides this logo, uh, what else uh, or if anything, does your daughter kind of get included on in the business? What kind of conversations do you have about business with your daughter? Yeah. So a couple of things um, that I'm going to start with probably my proudest moment uh, of when she kind of walked in my office. Uh, She has, she has this account that we put money in. um, And, uh, and it's one of those things we use, like we put some money in it every month. And then, you know, like at Christmas, if she gets money, we always have this deal with her of any money you give us, we'll match it dollar for dollar. And it goes in the account, but you can't touch it. Like it has to stay in the account mm-hmm. for a while. Right. And somewhere, well, it was last year, uh, last year she walked in, she's like, can I see my account? She just likes to see it from time to time. So I logged in, showed it to her and she goes, man, that's it. Like I really, I thought it grew. F- I want, it's not growing fast enough. Yeah. I'm like, well, you know, it's savings. At, it's at 0.01%. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, it's savings account. Yeah. And, uh, but then she, then she literally goes, don't you do things to help invest? Like people make money faster. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I, I, I would say, I, I'd like to say I do that. Um, and she goes, I want to do that. Nice. Cool. So sat down with her and I said, well, this is what I do. And she goes, I want to do that. I want to invest in one of your deals. I said, all right, well, if you're going to do it, I said, this is how we're going to run it. I'm going to do with you exactly what I do with other investors. I'm going to present you deals. You figure out which one you want to invest in. Um, and I did, I presented a couple of deals to her and I, proud dad moment, right? Like I presented her one and in my head, I'm sitting there going, this is the one you should get it. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't say that to her, but I'm like, this is, and she looks at it and she goes, this is the one I want to do. <laughs> yes. And I was like, all right, <laughs> she picked up something. Um, either that or she's just good at math. Uh-huh. Um, well, so so, uh, you know, I, uh, I put some money with it cause it mm-hmm. was a minimum investment, which she didn't have. Um, so I put some money with it to hit the number. We created our own little LLC and we invested in that deal. And, uh, you know, she gets, when, when it does a distribution, she gets hers, it goes into her account, nice. I get mine. And, um, so that's one thing she's done. So she's invested in real estate and then, um, obviously she's helped me with my logo over here. Um, and then uh, what's something else she's, oh, the other thing she's done is part of, part of her volunteer work is I, um, 
I sit on the board of a, a, a family housing nonprofit here in this area. And um, part of the way she gets her volunteer hours is she volunteers for the nonprofit. Um, nice. So she gets to she gets to help out with that as well. So um, those are some more the ways she gets involved with me. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and if she's good at the math, maybe you can teach her how to underwrite. She can start underwriting all your deals for you, too. <laughs> <laughs> she, she she uses Google Sheets, man. I'm an Excel uh, guy. Yeah, I'm an so. Excel guy. I can't do Google Sheets. It doesn't. I can't get I was literally on a call this morning with somebody, and uh, she was like, oh, could you share that? Like, put it like, oh, that looks like it's on Excel. Not, And I said, yeah, I'll try to put it in our Google Drive, but golly, I hate Google Sheets. Like, I just can't. I do, too, man. Yeah. Sure. I think it's just I'm, and, I'm and so it's, used to Excel. And it's funny how the lingo changes, right? Like I'll yeah. say to my daughter, I'm like, do you do that in Excel? And she's like, sheets, dad, sheets. I'm like, it's Excel. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's Excel. Yes, exactly. Sheets yeah. was built because of Excel. But yeah. man, I, uh, I've been in Excel for a long time. So that's just, that's all I, that's all I know. It's all I work with. And a lot of the formulas and stuff don't really work as well in sheets. Um, um, or maybe it's there just because go. I'm old and don't like to learn new things. So that might be it. I think, you know? that, that's, I think that's part of it. That's certainly <laughs> it with me. Like <laughs> It, you know what? That's that's kind of how I, people are like, how did you know when to get out of technology? I was like, when I became the old guy mm-hmm. in the office, mm-hmm. like I was like, it's time for me to get out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I'm, I'm not even old, but uh, I'm very old for my age, if the, if that makes sense. And it's like, I don't, I don't do well with technology. Like I was one of the last people that I knew that got a smartphone and it's like, I've got zero desire to do all of that. Like some of the technology we use in our business, um, yeah, there was a while where we were switching all these different programs uh, in the in ADPI that I was like, I don't, I don't even, I haven't even learned the first one yet, and now you just threw another one at me, and I have no idea what I'm doing, and like I don't know how to do any of this. Like it just it baffles my mind. But um, you know, they're like, oh no, you could easily do it from your phone. I'm like, no, I no, I freaking can't. I can't easily do it from the computer. How am I supposed to easily do it from my phone? Yeah. I don't understand. Don't, don't feel bad, man. Don't, don't, don't. So I'm, I mean, I'm an IT guy. I've been doing that. I did that for 23 years and, and I, you know, so I still got enough in it where I kind of geek out at the technology, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm always, I'm always like, I want the latest iPhone, right? And I go get the latest iPhone. And my wife's like, what do you do? I'm like, I, I check email and text. Yep. Um, yep. That's exactly <laughs> that's right. I can still do that by hitting the numbers with the, the other keyboard Hit the, hit the three, three times Hit the four, two times. <laughs> man, yeah, exactly. So, but, so uh, on the on the real estate front, what uh, do you have any idea what it was about the deal that you were looking at that made her want to want to choose that one? Uh, the returns were really good. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I, I think that's ultimately when she looked down and she was like, she she understands enough about like average return and the equity multiple mm-hmm. um, that when she looked down and she was like three x, you know, to the investor. Yeah, she was like three x is higher than two x, so uh-huh. she's like, "This is the one I want to do." Yeah. Right? Um, plus, it was paying an eight pref instead of seven, and it was projected to hit eleven in the first year. So nice. she's like, "These numbers look good." Yeah. Um, I think that's what did it. It seems as though she had a good relationship with the operator of the deal too. So that's a plus when you know, like, and trust the operator, <clears throat> Dad. Um, yeah. That does help out, I suppose. Right? So. Yeah, and she had a little bit of an in because I will say we were a little oversubscribed on that one, so mm. I was able to get her in. There yeah. you go, um, very nice. Yeah, yeah. My nephew uh, kind of said the same thing. Like I, I, I want to learn how to invest in this stuff, right? So I bought, uh, I bought all of my nieces and nephews, uh, rich dad, poor dad, um, and I bought it for them uh, in the age level bracket that they're at. Like there's one for teens and uh, you know that type of stuff. So I, I grabbed them all, mailed them all to them. 
and I uh, uh, and I said, and I've got Christmas money for you, but you can't get the Christmas money until you tell me about the book and tell me what you learned in the book. Then, because the, the book was for Christmas, I think it was Christmas, and then I had the money set aside. I said, all right, well, I'll send you the money when you tell me about the book. Um, yeah. So a little bit more motivation. But uh, he was like, yeah, totally, I'm going to invest with you. And it, like, he gave me twenty bucks, and it was like, you know, I. I He's probably going to listen to this because he already listened to the, the the other ones. But, um, but I mean, that twenty bucks technically like just went into my bank account, didn't actually go in the deal at all. But it's you know, right. I, like, hey, the deal do- did this that you were putting the twenty bucks in, so this is what you get as your return. And um, he was like, well, just keep it rolling. You just keep it. I don't, you know, if you were able to double my money in that, then you just keep on going. I was like, all right, well, let's do it. That's yeah. good. Yeah. That's good. I love yeah. that. And it, yeah. just just thinking about it, just having them think about it is the way to to go. You know, but. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And my my son, um, he told me when he was like seven, I was trying to talk to him about real estate investing. Um, and he was like, I, th- I said, do you think you could invest in that? And he says, I think I can invest $100 in that, daddy. You know, and he, you know, so he'd, he'd go up to his wallet. I said, we don't need it right now. Wait till I have a deal and then we'll, we'll, we'll put $100 into it, you know? So, yeah. um, but I, I love having those conversations. That's a conversation I never had. My parents didn't, you know, I joined the military because I didn't know there was any other thing to do. I could, both my parents were Air Force. So I was like, well, this is just what you do, you know? Um, uh, uh, it's funny because even my dad was like, "Hey, you should like my mom and dad both again prior Air Force. My dad is a recruit was a recruiter for the Air Force, um, and they were both like, hey, you should be an officer. You should be an officer. You'd be a good officer.' Blah blah blah. And then they bring me to the enlisted recruiter, um, which are two very different things. Uh, the right. officer and enlisted side. Um, and I'm thinking to myself after I'm in the military, I was like, you guys said I should be an officer. They're like, yeah, you should be. I said, then why did you make me an enlisted person? <laughs> why did you bring me to the enlisted recruiter? I need to go to college to be an officer. Right. And I mean, I just, I, I don't think that they necessarily even knew at that point, uh, you know, what it was that I needed to do. It was just like, no, you wanted to join the Air Force. We brought you to a recruiter. Um, but uh, I don't remember why, why, where I was going with that. But um but oh yeah so i didn't have you know any of that like i just did what i saw my parents do and at this point for my my kids you know i'd love for them to if if um, let me change that the language on that i would not love for them to do it but if they wanted to join the military totally down with them joining the military will i be thrilled about it you know i mean it was great for me don't get me wrong but i i want it to at least just be an option for them not the only option for them one of the many routes they can choose to go down so um you know, I don't. I don't want them necessarily to go into corporate world unless they want to. I don't necessarily want them to be in the military unless they want to. I, I want it to be. What do you actually want to do with the rest of your life? Like you've got to. You don't have to choose it today and be done with it for the rest of your life and only do that. But let's make it enjoyable, regardless. You know. Yeah, and but you know the cool thing is is just just from watching. Um, you know, the kids today. One, <laughs> I'm starting to sound like my dad. The kids today. The kids these um, days. Yeah. I, <laughs> I'm already sounding like it in the car, right? Like my, we, you know, my, I was listening to, I don't know, like Bon Jovi or Metallica mm-hmm. or something. And my dad's like got Waylon and Merle on in the background. And I'm, he's like, what is this crap you're listening to? You know? and, uh, um, I'm like, I don't know, better than Jerry Clower, dad. Um, so, <laughs> uh, but anyway, so anyway, I'm, I'm in the car and my daughter's listening to like this K-pop stuff. Uh, I was what? just going to say something about that. Yeah. I had a oh, feeling man. that was where you were going with it. We, we were in the car. We were in the car for like 20 minutes going to soccer practice one day. And I was like, we get there. I'm like, did we listen to the same song the whole way here? <laughs> she's, you know, and like, I'm legitimately asking. Mm-hmm. She's like, she's like, no, these were, and I'm like, wow. It all sounded the same. Yep. Um, Especially because half of it's in another language. So you really can't tell the difference, you know? Yeah. So. so, but she's trying to learn Korean. So maybe that's good. Mm-hmm. I don't know. 
I don't, I don't know how useful that's going to be. I mean, about as useful as the German I took in high school. Um, <laughs> I don't think I've used it since. Yeah. Um, I wish that I would have taken Spanish in high school, but instead I took French. And now I've got a wife who's a Latina, and I'm like, well, missed that boat, <laughs> and I, yep, totally should have gone on the Spanish train. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every, t- every time I walk on one of the jobs where we're doing renovations, and I'm like, what did he say? You know, and I got to uh-huh. look at, like, my project manager to tell uh-huh. me what he says. Like, And I pick up, like, every tenth word, you know. Um, yeah. I'm like, I'm pretty sure you're talking junk about me right now. Positive um, of it, yes. Yeah, so I forgot where we were going with this. Oh, um, it doesn't matter. As long as it's a good chat. Yeah, I, yeah. My, I, we just got another au pair. So this is our second au pair that we got. And she's obsessed with K-pop. Like you just, so she's 19 years old. She's from Brazil. Big fan of K-pop. Um, and like you just say a phrase. And for me, I'm, I'm semi the same way, but it's not all the same genre of music or anything. Like if you say something like music and movies are like the only things that pop up in my head. So if you say something, it's going to pop up in my head, um, yeah. a music or movie, right? So for her, it's anything K-pop. So you'll say something that she'll just start like dancing in the kitchen and singing this K-pop song. I'm like, I, I don't understand the K-pop thing. But she, you know, she found out I lived in Korea for a year. And she's like, I want to go to Korea so bad. Like she's just like, but I don't know, something about that K-pop nowadays. The, the, hey. The young, the young girls these days, the the K-pop thing. I was like, I don't know. So she I showed guess, me pictures. That, I was like, the, that dude looks more like a woman than the women pictures. Like, what is going on? They got all this makeup. I don't understand it. I just don't understand. You know, it's it, it's funny we say that because again, we're starting to sound like our parents, right? Because I remember, I remember like listening to the eighties hair bands, mm-hmm. right? Like you know, Warrant and Winger and you know, all these guys. My dad's saying the same thing. He's like. These guys are wearing makeup on stage. Look at how long their hair is. You uh-huh. know? They look like they look more like women than the women. You know, yep. like, they had the blowouts then like with the, the crazy hair. Like, oh yeah, well that's true. Yeah, so, somebody somebody, somebody did that. Somebody did that the other day. It was a K-pop com- uh, thing, and uh, and they were they were like talking junk about K-pop or whatever. And he was like the '80s bands, and he was like, yeah, you know, the manly guys like this, and it was like a picture of. <laughs> poison or something <laughs> uh, blush on their face and their hair blown out that they took an hour and a half to do in front of They're wearing eye shadow uh-huh. and, you know uh-huh. <laughs> yeah that's crazy yeah, yeah well way to way to make me just second guess myself on that one thanks yeah that's a- <laughs> yeah i i throw i you know i go back and i'm like yeah i i was listening to, i don't know i was listening to like metallica and the stones and you know my my brothers were a little bit older than me so i can even go back and say hey i was listening to like nantucket and, mm-hmm. um you know I, I remember my brother steve coming home with the meatloaf album the oh, first yes. bat out of hell uh-huh. um so you know i my my musical tastes are all over the board yeah, so. mine are as well. I'm in the same boat. I remember driving, uh, riding on the school, not driving the school bus, but riding on the school bus, uh, listening to that on tape, you know, like, uh, we'd give it to the bus driver, like, let's listen to meatloaf on the drive. Right. And oh, yeah, uh, yeah. it was, uh, and, and of course it would, um, uh, that tape probably had barely, or that tape uh, player had probably barely ever been used inside the bus and it started eating the tape. So you had to get the pencils out and start fixing your, pe- fix, rewind fixing it, the, rewinding yeah, the tape, get it all set up. But, um, uh anyways um so when it uh the what what would you say right now as as a dad is your biggest struggle that you're going through um uh, that you're willing to put onto a podcast of course <laughs> oh what am i like as a dad what am i struggling yeah your with? biggest struggle right now as a dad so uh, i'll put this on a podcast and i'll apologize to my middle brother I, I don't think he'd care i think he'd probably tell you this so i mentioned you know he started a company mm-hmm. uh, 
very, very successful with it. Um, but you know, I think he'll, I think he'd admit, he'd admit to you that he did that probably at the expense of missing his, some of his kids growing up. Um, his kids are one just graduated college. The other two are in college right now. And he sold his company about 18 months ago. Um, mm-hmm. So he's, he's got some time on his hands now. And, and one of the things he's kind of said to me is he's like, man, I feel like I missed a lot of it. I, I turned around and they're gone. And like I mentioned earlier, you know, left in my own devices, I'll sit in this office and <laughs> I will work and work and work. Um, you know, it's just kind of ingrained in me. And probably one of the biggest things I'm struggling with right now is my company, my businesses are doing very well, but they're taking a ton of time. And I need to give them that focus. But at the same time, my daughter's 15 years old. I think I got three years left with her mm-hmm. here, you know, before she goes off and does whatever she's going to do. I'm really struggling with that. Um, I'm really struggling with, you know, how do I do all of what I need to do for my business and and, and things like that, but still be a dad and not miss these next three years. Cause yeah. man, once, once they're gone, they're, they're kind of gone. Um, you know, you, you always kind of have that relationship, right. But it's not, it's not the same as when they're home. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm probably struggling with that right now, if I'm being honest. Um, so I, I, um, the guy, the guys in go abundance, a lot of them were recommending this. Um, Oh, I'd have to look it up. I, I don't have it in front of me. Um, it was this book about like, uh, dads and daughters or something like that. Okay. Um, and I, and I read it. And I, 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 I went through it like that, right? Like I was so like, you know, please, please tell me something. Give me a mm-hmm. nugget of wisdom here. Um, and it, you know, I, I think I'm trying to focus on, on making sure that every day that I, I prioritize some time. Right. Um, cause one of the, one of the aha moments for me was one of the things my daughter and I, you, you mentioned movies. Uh, so there's two things my daughter and I really connect on right now, which is movies and sports um and you know i mentioned i went to nc state so she she has an affinity for nc state even though you know that's a that's a struggle to pull for them anyway mm-hmm. um they tend to defeat themselves more often than not um but you know we're we're state fans so she and i have a, a common bond there and and uh during the ncaa tournament this past year they were in the tournament they play i think they were playing at like 120 on a friday or something and I told her, I was like, Hey, you're going to watch the game with me. Right. She's like, yep. So we had this plan, you know, Friday of the tournament first round and we were going to watch it and three o'clock rolls around and I'd gotten into something and I'm working. And finally at three o'clock, I was like, okay, I'm going to go out and watch the game. I walk out there. She's not there. I was like, I walked up to her room and I was like, I was like, Hey, we're, we're going to watch the game. She's like, dad, I sat in the living room and watched the entire first half waiting for you. You never came out. So I just went to my room mm. and I'm like, all right, you're like that. Yeah. That killed me, man. And that was one of those moments where I was like, I got to figure this out. Yeah. Um, you know, I've got to figure this out. Um, so that's, if I'm struggling with something right now as a dad, that's probably it. Yeah. What, uh, boy, yeah, I completely understand. That's actually one of the reasons I left the military was was a similar conversation um, that I had with my oldest at the time. And um, like what gut-wrenching moments now, you know, and my, my kid was only what, uh, at that point, like five years old when he came and just had one of those. Uh, I was traveling a lot and he just came up and was, was crying his eyes out. Daddy, 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 don't leave again. And I was just taking the trash yeah. out. And I was like, 
but this kid, that's all this kid knows is that I'm gone all the time. Right. And that's not, that's not optimal, you know? And right. I tried very hard to make sure that, um, probably at the expense, honestly, of the businesses that I run to when they come knock on the door, you know, and I, I even told you before the podcast started, like, walk in, I, I don't care, walk in, that's fine. Like, oftentimes, sure. they'll still do a little knock and, like, ask if it's okay if I come in. But, um, you know, it, it's been freeing for me to just kind of be able to just walk out there and say, hey, I'm with you guys. Like, I don't, but at the same point, I catch myself, okay, well, I'm with you guys, but I'm on this. Or, yeah. you know, I'm with you guys, but I'm thinking about something else. And like that whole presence thing with the kids is really tough because I've got 7,000 other things going on in my brain. Like I'm in the right. middle of building, rebuilding some comp, comp things. I'm looking at deals. I'm looking at, you know, um, you know, where's the, where's our fun dad? Where's the, like, it's just like all the stuff going on. Like, how do we keep it all balanced in our brain? I don't, you know, I wish I had a magic answer for you, but just know that you're not the only one dealing with that. That's for sure. So. <laughs> that, that, I mean, honestly, man, that helps a ton. Um, cause I, you know, I got a lot of answers for a lot of things. I still haven't figured that one out. Yeah. Um, I do not know how to balance that, um, at all. Uh, yeah. I, every, every, every single day is a struggle. Yeah, for sure. It is. And I mean, like, and it also, uh, right now, since it's summer, um, you know, the kids are home a lot more. So it, it makes it even more of a struggle because I want to always be out there with them, but I always have to have that conversation and to look at their face where they're like, Oh, daddy's going to work more. It's like, well, yeah. Like, do you like living in a house? Cause if you like living in a house then daddy has to make money to live in a house, but at the same point, it's like, but you like having a dad around. So I like, man. Um, yeah. When people talk about the work-life balance, I think it's, a, it's, uh, I'm not really sure there is such a thing necessarily as work-life balance, but at the same point, um, you know, there's always going to be one thing that's suffering over the other. You know, if it's if I do yeah. nothing but hang out with the kids, then the business is going to fall apart. If I do nothing but work on the business, then my relationship with my kids is going to fall apart. Maybe, uh, maybe it's the summer thing. You know, you, you you're just kind of bringing a thing up in my head because, it, like I mentioned, my parents were teachers, so mm-hmm. you know, there, there was a period of time in my life where they had a lot of time in the summers. Yeah. Um, no, we we always had stuff. You know, like my dad was always doing side jobs and stuff, so we always had stuff we were doing, but. Um, we would do vacations, even, even though we didn't have much money, we would do vacations in the summer. Um, and I probably some of my best memories as a kid was, were those times, right? Like I I remember one time we had this, we had this old motor home that my dad had fixed up. I mean, literally like if you wanted the turn signal to work, you had to do this with the Mm -hmm. switch, right? Like you had to make it blink. That's funny. And, uh, but you know, it worked. And, uh, I remember one summer we took, I think we took like two and a half weeks. We left North Carolina and we drove up the East coast and went through Canada and came back down. And, you know, it was all bologna sandwiches in the mm-hmm. motorhome fr- refrigerator and water and stuff like that. But I mean, that's, I still remember that to this day. And I, I was, I was, I was less than 10 years old. I don't know exactly how old I was, but I still remember that trip to this day. Um, and those, those things, man, yeah. like, those are the memories I have with my parents. And, and, you know, if I can, so, you know, if I can do some of that with my kid, um, and my, and, and maybe one day she'll have fond memories of that, then mm-hmm. I think that's a small win. Um, so maybe there's something there, you know, like maybe when they're home during the summer focusing on just like, all right, this, these are the days I'll work six hours. Right. Yeah. And I'll spend some time with the kids. And when they're off at school, you know, I'll do the 10 hour days, 12 hour days. Then I don't know. Yeah. We, you know, one thing I do love about working from home and doing all this. And right now in the summer, like yesterday we went out, um, 
and uh, there's this spot, you know, a little while, a couple hours away from where we live that you can go and hunt for or dig for shark teeth and um, okay. megalodon teeth and all that. You know, like we didn't find, we found some pieces of megalodon teeth, but didn't actually find like a full, a full one. But like, it was a surprise for the kids. We went out there and Adam was like, this is like the best surprise you have ever given us in my entire life. And I was like, this is like, I, no way when I was in the military would I have been able to just grab a random day and, and roll out and, yeah. and go, go do this type of thing. So I think that those, for me, I, I feel the same way as you were just saying, like those experiences to me mean the most of growing up. I never went on vacations growing up. Um, I tell people like when I started dating my wife, we went on a vacation to uh, Universal Studios and um, and whatnot in Orlando. That was the first vacation I'd ever been on in my life. But when we moved from state to state, because I was a military brat, we moved from state to state or when we moved you know, wherever, um, uh, we would stop at nice hotels or something like there's one, one hotel we stopped at this Radisson that like, I will always remember that hotel because it was like the, the peak of my, my childhood remembering like this yeah. toucan and mini putt in the, in the middle of this hotel, like it blew my mind. So those experiences with the kids to me mean a lot more than, um, you know, did I walk out of the office enough, you know, and I, that yeah. doesn't mean I don't want to walk out of the office enough, but am I giving them something that, that really brings back the memories as opposed to just, you know, things or whatever. Cause I could, I could buy them a billion things, but that doesn't mean anything in the long I, run. I, man, and I'm glad you said that. Cause I, I'll give you, I'll, I'll give you another proud dad moment. You know, I, it's my only daughter. I'll, I'll gloat on her. As yes, you should. So, <laughs> um, she was, pre- she was pretty young. She, I mean, maybe 10, 10 years old. Um, we, we, we've always taken vacations with her. We've always traveled with her. Um, and cause that's, that's a big thing for me and my wife is to travel. Um, and at about 10 years old, she walked in and she's like, Hey dad, like, instead of like stuff for Christmas, can we just take trips? And I was like, a hundred percent. Yeah. I will, I'll do that all day long. In fact, instead of spending a hundred bucks on your Christmas for, to buy you stuff, I'll spend 10,000 to take you somewhere, yes. you know? Yeah. Um, and and for the most part, that's, that's what we've done. You know, we, we try to take her on at least two, probably three trips a year. Um, so, you know, my, my daughter's, you know, she's been to Costa Rica. She's been to, she's been to Costa Rica twice. She's been to, you know, a number of places in Europe. She's been all over the United States. You know, she's been to the Caribbean, you know, you name it. And you know, like, she, she literally will tell you like, even at 15 years old, when they're too cool to hang out with their parents, she will hop in the car and jump on a plane with us in a heart yeah. and, and be right there with us the whole time. Um, and we'll even, sometimes we're even like, you want to bring a friend, you know, if you know, we'll, we'll pay for it. You want your friend to come. And she's like, no, I'm cool. Yeah. Let's just, let's just go. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I will say like in a couple of days, uh, my wife's working, so she can't go. I got invited out to Hawaii for a conference and mm-hmm. I turned around and started to hear that. I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah <it sucks> <laughs> I turned around, looked at my daughter. I was like, "You in?" She's like, "Yeah, let's go." Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, uh, so uh, me and my daughter are taking off to Hawaii for a week for a conference, and you know, we'll we'll get some stuff in while we're there. But, That's awesome. Um, yeah, kind of kind of looking forward to it, man. Like six days, just me and my daughter. I mean, just uh, that smile on your face alone is is you know is yeah. telling, right? And so the the hurt that you were feeling just a little bit ago gets overpowered by the smiles that you're getting, knowing that these are happening. So maybe that is your yeah. key to kind of figuring some of this out: is build build those little vacations in, build those little plans in, and um, yeah. build those experiences. Maybe. You know, so yeah. I just I just got to get her to stop asking for New York City every Christmas. <sighs> Gracious, yeah, New York, like 
No, definitely has zero desire to go to New York City right now. That's for sure. That's man. Uh, when I, when I, and I, I get it. You know, when I was yeah. a kid, right up to right up to about twenty six, twenty seven years old, like I loved New York City. Mm-hmm. The whole idea, the whole concept, the experience, everything. So I, I get it. It's just like that's man. She loves it there yeah. right now. She really does. Yeah. It's, um, uh, yeah, I, I'd love to say it is what it used to be, but I mean, I grew up a lot. I graduated high school in upstate New York. Um, so okay. I've, I've claimed New York as home for a long time, but not anymore. I mean, I haven't been, I haven't lived there in like 20 years. So, um, uh, but New York city was always one of those. I'll gladly go and visit, but never want to stay around, you know? And then now I get to the point where I went and visited maybe, I don't know, eight, 10 years ago. And it's like, yep, I don't even, not even sure I want to visit. And now just, you know, uh, I'm just in a different place now mentally. And, um, but yeah, I, I totally yeah. get what you're saying. You know, that, that excitement that you see on TV and all the stuff, but, um, you were talking before, I think it was before we started recording that you hadn't gone to very many of the in-person go abundant stuff, but are you going to Vermont? No, I'm not. Because there's um, a fan abundance thing before Vermont. That you can, oh. you know, bring the family up there and hang out and, you know, go skiing with the family and, you know, do some family masterminding as well. So those are a lot of fun. Yeah, I might need to, I might need to look into that one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll take, I'll take my buddy Dave's advice, like just sign up. Just sign go. up. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. I, I would have already signed up for the fan abundance one if I, if it was open to buy. So I've already signed up though for the, the, uh, the go bonus side and I'll do the fan bonus okay. when that pops up. But um, it's rough because I got to bring six people now, like me and five other people. So it's like a a whole a whole train of people that we have to fly up to <laughs> up to Vermont. It turns into a big uh, is, a big to do, you know. That is a I mean, my daughter my daughter on her soccer team. She's got was one teammate, and she's uh, her team. This teammate's amazing at soccer. Talking about traveling with a clan, she it's uh, they, there's eight siblings. Like her, her dad one day was pretty funny. We were, we were like, Hey, you want to play a pickup game? He's like, yeah, we got our side. Where's yours? You know? <laughs> yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. 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 My mom is the youngest of 12. My dad is the second youngest of nine. Um, wow. And then they, they were like, ah, no, three's enough. Three. We're good. We're good at three. You know? So I've got two older sisters and that's it. And then I've got three, but I've got the au pair. So bringing the au pair around is one of those that, yeah. you know, it's, I'll tell you what though, for those who are listening that have multiple kids, if you haven't thought about an au pair, highly recommend um if you have the uh, if you have the room in your house like i mean it's a it's a game changer like even when we're traveling i bring her everywhere we go and like yep. we've got a built-in babysitter everywhere like that she takes care of everything with the kids like if raquel and i want a date night while we're out traveling somewhere and like all right well we're going on a date tonight see you later you know and then she's got the kids and we can roll off and do our thing so um but you know you've got one kid that's 15 so an au pair is probably not all that necessary at this point but <laughs> no no if we want to date i mean no when you know seven years ago um, yeah but now now if we want to go on a date night we just go to date night yeah. you know yeah she takes care of herself she yeah. and the dogs they hang out how many dogs you got we got two i'm a big dog uh, guy so yeah. yeah what kind of dogs yeah, we are uh so one's a rescue um and most People aren't familiar with this, but in North Carolina, there's a kind of a native breed. It's called Carolina Mountain Cur. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, it's actually a small uh, German. It's basically like a German pincher that a guy brought over here hundred something years ago and bred them mm-hmm. to hunt bear in the mountains. Uh, so it's called a Carolina Mountain Cur. We got to rescue one of those, and then we have just like everybody else in the world, we have a doodle. We oh, have there you a, go. Yep. 
we have a miniature a mini Bernadoodle. So it's a Bernese mountain dog and a poodle. Okay. Um, Interesting. And he's the cutest dog in the world, which is a good thing because he's one of the dumbest dogs in the world <laughs> as well. But he's a, he's got the kindest heart I've ever seen in an animal. Nice. So, um, That's awesome. And it, and it may be that it's he's juxtaposed against her because mm-hmm. you know, that uh, that Carolina mountain cur, her name's Finley. She's probably the brightest animal I've ever seen. Um, she's really, really intelligent. And He's not, so no. I think the contrast really shows. Yeah, um, that happens. Yeah, yeah. We had one dog. Yeah. It was a Dutch Shepherd, and not this this year was me in Afghanistan with my dog. He used to be a dog handler. Um, okay, and so that's a Dutch Shepherd, and we ended up getting a Dutch Shepherd um, as a pet, and th- that dog was unbelievably smart. Uh, yeah. Like, I mean. Learned how to not only open doors, but unlock them to open them. Uh, sliding doors, pantry doors, refrigerators. I had child locks on our refrigerators before we ever had kids. Like we had to, like he just, uh, one day he ate, he opened up the fridge and he ate like, we had just gone grocery shopping. I bought this uh, peppered bacon with scallops because we make bacon wrapped scallops. We bought like four pounds of hamburger meat that we were going to separate out with a bunch of steaks, all this stuff. And he got in and ate every single <laughs> bit of it. Every bit of it. That's what we said. Okay. We really need to get a child lock on this thing. You know, like my wife and I were like, I don't know what to do, but, um, we were, when we lived in Japan, uh, we had, uh, uh, the sliding door, um, uh, that he got in the backyard and we figured out how to open it. And then we locked it and he figured out how to unlock it and open it like I was saying. And then, um, uh, but they also had it in the kitchen, but the kitchen had two doors to block it off. Well, we had a babysitter at the house and she didn't realize that she needed to close the kitchen doors. Um, and so she left one of them open and the dog came in and opened the sliding door and left the house, <laughs> walked out the front door. Um, so he's walking around the neighborhood and this lady down the street sees him standing next to the same exact kind of sliding door uh, while she's cooking food in her kitchen. And she's like, what the heck? And then all of a sudden Tyson opens the door and walks right into her kitchen while she's cooking. She's like, <laughs> oh, my God, what just happened? So, yeah, he is. Uh, he was a maniac. But poor guy. got. He got well, I'll tell you what. And that's dude. That's crazy. I tell you what, though. Uh, so my dumb dog is Charlie. Mm-hmm. Um, I might need to send Charlie your way and let you have a go at him. Um, <laughs> see if you can't teach him a few things. Yeah. Um, well, I've been a, trying to teach a, him whole lifetime ago. We'll see. Who? Yeah. Man, I've been trying to teach him to shake for two years. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. Some dogs and, just and don't have it. You know. Uh, he does it. <laughs> um, but <laughs> what's funny is he's sitting there looking at you just with this blank stare. And you look over and my dog Finley, like I'm like, Charlie shake. And Finley's over there, like raising her paw up and down. <laughs> like, I got it over here. Uh, <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, when I was yeah. going through canine school, they, they tell us the, those are all dogs that uh, in the military world and the, uh, anything in the DOD, they're all dogs that um, had failed out for one reason or another, but yet they're still good. Like if they're on the attack side of the house, they may not have done very well in detection. If they're on the detection side of the house, they may not have done well in the attack world, just in, in general. Right. Um, yep. So, but when you're over there doing the basic obedience, which is where you start, um, uh, they have you, first off, you start on an ammo can. So you're telling an ammo can to sit and stay and all this stuff, learning your, learning your uh, moves. But then you'd get to the point with the dogs. uh, When you have the dog, the instructor would say D-O-W-N dog. And then you would say down and tell the dog to down. Uh, But half the dogs there, like they they hear D-O-W-N dog. They're like, I know what's coming. They already start laying down and you're like, no, stop, get up here. You're like, you got to listen to me. Stop, stop. So they try to spell it out, but all these dogs have been doing this for forever. And they're like, like, yeah, I got it. Like, I know that I'm going to be laying down. So, yeah. Yep. We used to, we used to do that 
uh, we used, uh, if my if my dog Finley hears walk, she mm. goes crazy. Like she loves to go for a walk, and we used to hey, are you ready to w a l k the dog? Same thing. Yeah. Like after a little while, she's like, oh, I knew what that. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna go crazy. <laughs> Um, nephew yeah. I talked about earlier, they, he created a name called Skadoosh. So that's what they call a walk uh, for the dog. Like, we got to do a Skadoosh. And that dog hasn't caught on yet. They're going to have to make up another name. I don't know where Skadoosh came from, but, you know, that's what he decided. And uh, that's, what, that's what they do. But whatever. Yeah. yeah dogs, dogs are crazy that way. <laughs> uh, you, can, you can get me sidetracked by talking about dogs very easily. I'll, I'll talk about dogs for a long time. I'm just a big fan. I'll tell you what. You and, you and my daughter Peyton would get along very well. Yeah. She absolutely adores the dog. So, mm-hmm. um yeah, I absolutely yeah. love it. It's a it's a wonderful time, and my boys really want to get dogs again. We had two of them, and they both got put down within like six months of each other, just with some uh, rather rough medical issues. But um, so now they're we're, we moved, we've got a kid, and now they're both like, "All right, we're ready to have a dog now. We need to have a dog back it's again." Time. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing, Dad? It's time. So yeah. we're, we'll see. We'll see what we get. But I know we will get something else. But. All right. All right. So, uh, do you have anything else that uh, that we haven't covered? You'd like to mention anything you else you want to talk about? Um, I, I got to be honest, man. I could sit here and chat with you all day, yeah. um, but I, I, you know, I think we've covered quite a bit. Yeah, for, for sure. For the first one. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll have to bring yeah, you on again to see how the thought. things are going in yeah. the future, right? So, um, yeah. Let me call, let's let's you know try a couple years when you know she's a senior, and uh, I'll get on and give you some sort of emotional sob story. About, <laughs> Tell me about all the vacations well that you it. took <clears throat> with her, so that you know. Yes, make sure you're doing it. You know, hold yourself accountable. Okay, so there, there may be an Iceland trip coming up yes, later this year too. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Phenomenal. You, you taking the whole family, or how's that working? Yep, whole family. Nice. Uh, we we get so. Right before we, I guess we end here, uh, we actually gave her a choice, right? Uh, we said, fly into Rome, go around the Mediterranean, end up in Barcelona, fly back, right? Um, or Iceland. And I was fully expecting Rome to Barcelona mm-hmm. from her. And she goes, I really want to go to Iceland. That'd be awesome. And I'm like, you do realize that that's going to be a lot of like nature, right? And she goes, yeah, I'm cool. I want to go. I want to see the volcanoes. I want to see the glaciers, all that other stuff. And I... I think it was uh, freshman year in high school, right? So I think they were learning about different volcanoes and different types of glaciers and mm-hmm. stuff. So I think she was really motivated to go see that. So that's where we're going. That's really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, good on you. Well, enjoy the vacations. Enjoy the time. Um, I'll say that if anybody has any uh, any tips for the uh, the struggles that you're having or anything, please put them in any of the comments. Um, you know, whenever this uh, gets released, uh, you know, we'll be able to, to kind of check it out. But um, if anybody wants to get a hold of you, maybe they're interested in syndications. Maybe they just want to, you know, maybe they're interested in your uh, coaching program. Where, where's the easiest way? What is the easiest way for them to get a hold of you? Yeah, so... Uh Easiest ways on uh, with my email, tvest at harvestpg.com. So that's tvest at harvestp, as in Paul, G as in George.com. Or you can catch us at our uh, our coaching website at makingmoves.com. Um, again, just makingmoves.com. It's, uh, that's that's where you find us. Awesome. So, uh, yeah. Well, we'll have that check, in the show notes. It. We'll have all the contact info in there. Um, hopefully, uh, uh, hopefully you're able to, to get a few investors out of it. Hopefully, the deals that you're working on right now are going to be stellar. Um, but uh, congrats on the success and uh, enjoying uh, the enjoyment you're having as being a dad. Thank you so much for jumping on the podcast. It was a pleasure chatting with you. Um, and yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, I'm sure, talk to you again soon. Yeah, Adam, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on. Thank you so much, Tim. Have a good one. Yeah. 
Thank you so much for listening to the Biz Dad Podcast. We hope you found some value in your time here with us, and we look forward to bringing you the next episode. If you've enjoyed today's show, please subscribe and share so you and your friends won't miss our upcoming episodes. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Rumble, where we continue these discussions and share more valuable content. Be the dad you know you need to be and run your business in a way you're proud to share with your kids. Keep crushing it.